Hey, it's Drex from This Week Health Cyber and Risk Community, and I want to invite you to our next webinar. It's going to focus on what else? Defending health data. I'll be chatting with experts from Rubrik and Microsoft. Register right now at thisweekhealth.com slash rubric webinar. That's all one string, R-U-B-R-I-K webinar, thisweekhealth.com slash rubric webinar. See you online soon. Today on This Week Health. Our researchers are ultimately going to be exposed to content that historically they've never been exposed to in a manner that doesn't require significant clinical handholding to explain what that data is. All right, here we are from the Vive event here in Nashville. We're actually going to do a solution showcase. We're going to take a look at intelligent interoperability with ClearSense, and I'm joined by Kevin Field, president of ClearSense, and Jeff Jones with UPMC. I didn't grab your title. What's your title? Oh, Senior VP, Product Development and Enterprise. Product Development and Enterprise. Wow. Phenomenal. Intelligent interoperability. Yes. What are we talking about here? I mean, we've been connecting systems for years. They yes. share data. What's the problem here? Yeah, it's a common name, a common term that people are using, of course, is interoperability. We've been talking about it for a long time. I think in general, people have felt that if we could only get the systems to talk to one another, right? If we could take system from a source and we could give it to a target, all our problems would be solved. But here and last is the issue. Everything was written differently. Everything was coded differently. The way that data is exchanged is all different. So what we really are thinking about is not just how do we get data from source A to source B, but how can we take that data out of systems, build trust with it, be able to govern it appropriately, and then share that information. And that's really what we're talking about with intelligent interoperability. It's interesting because I look at you at UPMC. My background is in the health system. When I first came in, and we started, I started to say, well, where's this data? And they would say, well, give me the definition. Where did that data come from? Oh, that means this. I'm like, what do you mean? It means something because it came from here, then it does here, and it means something. And that is some of the challenges with the data we have to deal with. I, absolutely. Well, from a general interoperability perspective, we've come a long way. Right? Getting it out of from one point to the strides that the, uh, that the field has made over the last 10 years has been, it, it's been So we can put the pipes in. We can put the pipes in. It's been extraordinary. Now, the problem is you need the right tool for the right job. In order to do this, you have to normalize that data. You have to take that on the front end, upon ingestion, so that your downstream consumers can also recognize what it is that they're seeing. Right? And that transformation needs to be done in a way that is transparent to the end user. Right. Physicians, when I would say normalize data to the physicians, they'd look at me and go, well, wait a minute. That's great that you're going to normalize the data, but let's talk, and you would end up with hours and hours of conversations on what it means to normalize that data. And one of the things we've talked about is, what if you could see the raw data? Like, we'll normalize the data, but you could just click on a button and see the raw data. Or you could see the lineage of that data, where it came from, what doctor originated that data. And they were like, yes. And is that what we're talking about in terms of intelligent? It's exactly what we're talking about, right? And UPMC Enterprises and our partnership with ClearSense, what we found here was a partner that kind of shared this vision. We need that full transparency. We need the standardization, normalization to general terminologies that are industry accepted, right? So whether or not the, the data is ultimately used by, say, a UPMC health plan, or even in our partnership with the PHDA, PIT, CMU, and others, right? We're all operating off of the same data set that is easily converted to the formats that each of these organizations want because we normalize that data. So you can actually have clear sense in the middle of a multi-healthcare system. Now, all right, so my first thought is, 
don't we have HIEs that are doing this? Are you saying that ClearSense is sort of operating as an HIE in this case? If you go to a larger scale and start to look at different groups, certainly there's aspects of an HIE that exists within there. But I think the other part that you really hit on earlier too is building a culture around data governance. It's really about people having a shared definition, having a shared understanding, being able to define different terms. Each organization certainly has their own unique systems that they work with, but they also have their own unique definitions of their business terms that they apply and ways that they look at that data. If you go through an organization and ask how Jeff defines like to stay and how I define like to stay, we might be looking at very different things there. So being able to create a culture and governance around it to have it normalized and standardized is something that's really important for you to be able to do more work downstream. So we start there by taking a look at all the various systems. We start by pulling that together, applying those different rules, getting that shared understanding. And then once we have that, we have a trusted data environment. And when we have a trusted data environment, then we can start to take that data and feed it elsewhere. So it really starts there. As you continue to build on site, outside of that, certainly can feed into things like an HIA. When I think of population health models and where we're going in terms of health, like really driving health, and a lot of providers becoming payers, well, UPMC falls into that category. We're really trying to keep people healthy, and you have to get that data into a lot of different hands. It really does become interesting to think about almost an MDM model, master data management model, between different entities, like not just UPMC, but UPMC's partners and say, hey, this is a model where we can discuss the data types and that kind of stuff and build a model for our population. Absolutely, I think it has to really be done in business terms, right? So we've done this with other code sets. People, of course, are familiar with like SNOMED or blank codes, different ways to standardize, but if we standardize more data in ways that are really understandable by users that are trying to use that data, it makes it something that's a lot more approachable. So you can build that out from not just a couple of different terms that are standard that can interoperate, but then it really could go much more broad than that, so you can do it for a lot of different things and apply it in a lot of different use cases. All right, we'll get back to the show in just a minute. If you've been with us for any period of time, this year we've partnered with Alex's Lemonade Stand to raise money for cures for childhood cancer, and we are so excited. We set a goal to raise $50,000, and we're already up over 27000 are 26,700 for the year. So we're close to 27,000, I'm rounding up. We went to the Vive Conference and with your help and the help of just an amazing community, generous community and our partners as well, we were able to raise $16,500. So thank you all for your generosity. We're gonna do it again. As you know, we did Captain's Cures for Childhood Cancer at the Vive Conference and anyone who got their picture taken with Captain who was facing the camera, we gave $1 to Alex's Lemonade Stand. We're heading to Hims and we're bringing Captain again and we're gonna do the same thing. As you know, Captain is my producer service dog. He'll be roaming the floor. If you see Captain, stop us. We would love to have your picture taken and we would love to have you participate in this campaign. We really appreciate our partners who helped to make this possible. For this one, so far we have rubric. So we still have a couple of spots. If you wanna participate, if you want your company to participate, let them know that they can participate in this and we will give you the details. You can shoot us a note at partner at thisweekhealth.com. It's real simple. If you're on the floor, you see Captain, get your picture taken, anyone facing the camera, go ahead and post it to social media, Twitter or LinkedIn, tag This Week Health. That's how we do the counting. And again, 16,505, I think we can do it again at the HIMSS conference and really make a dent in our goal to get to $50,000 for childhood cancer. It's gonna be exciting. We appreciate our partners who stepped up during the Vive conference. And obviously we appreciate Rubrik being our first partner to step up for the HIMSS event. 
So look forward to seeing you at Hims. Now back to the show. If we're setting up something where we're going to manage a population, say in the city of Pittsburgh, does every organization have to utilize ClearSense in order for this to be effective and work? No, I don't think so. I think UPMC right now, we exist as over 40 different hospital sites. We obviously have our health plan as well and our members visiting a myriad of other external facilities. I think first and foremost, it's through the partnership with the PHDA, the curation of UPMC's data and the presentation of this data in this manner through the ClearSense research portal, the one ClearSense platform, that our researchers are ultimately going to be exposed to content that historically they've never been exposed to in a manner that doesn't require significant clinical handling to explain what that data is. That's huge. I mean, I've done another interview where we talked about the research aspect of this. It's right. It's really powerful. It's very powerful. Yeah, there's a lot you can do with it. I mean, it really starts with that trusted data. If you can get that data to a place that people have access to it, to Jeff's point, it's not just between different organizations. It's people within that organization that want to go do great things. They want to be able to do data discovery. They want to be able to understand more about the information they have in front of them and just never have had access to it. So being able to actually get that access, make it something that is accessible, make it something that's trusted, right, because of the lineage, and then be able to apply it, it really allows people, not just in IT, but across the business, to be able to have access and do things. When you say interoperability, there's a couple things, a couple words that just come to my mind. One is 21st Century Cures, and the interoperability that they're trying to drive, and we heard from Mickey Trapathy this morning, and he's really driving this vision of not only health systems sharing data, in a way that really benefits the patient, but also getting that information to the patient. Like, does this play a role there as well? Absolutely, right? Through the intelligent interoperability process, through the normalization that's occurring here, right? You can see the line of sight to, not to sound overly buzzword here, but you can see the line of sight to blockchain, and you can see the line of sight to smart contracts, right? If these concepts are going to become a reality within health IT, we all have to be operating off of the same plan. We have to understand at its core what this data represents and how it reached the state that it's in today. So taking the notion of that intelligent interoperability play and moving it to a blockchain, introducing smart contracts on top of that is really where we can interject the patient's level of engagement with their own data, right? Who gets to see it from there? I think we're still a ways away, but I think this is a foundational step to get us there. Yeah, so just to be clear, we're not talking about ClearSense being on a blockchain environment just yet. Not yet, no. It's There's certainly applications of it though, as Jeff says. Like Once you start to take it beyond just working within that provider organization, you start to take it beyond, absolutely. I think there's going to be good ways for you to think about taking data, people taking their data with them and being able to make sure that they had something that can come together in a way that's meaningful and protected and secure, but continues to build with them over time. I think it's going to be interesting to see. Every time Mickey Trapathy talks about sharing the information with the patient, I can see people in the audience, just what is this going to look like? But I mean, one of the things I envision is a lot more partners, almost uh, healthcare fiduciaries who are going to come alongside me and say, yes, if you want a second opinion, here's a second opinion, here's that we can help you to stay healthy. We're going to integrate your health applications and devices with what you're doing and that kind of stuff. If interoperability really gets to where we want it to get to and what the vision is, I could see a, a lot of benefit for the patient just in terms of the number of players that can start to play, but it still requires privacy, security, and those kind of things. How are you thinking about privacy and security? 
Well, I think security always stays front of mind, of course. It's patient information, and at the end of the day, you have to make sure it's secure and it's protected. So every decision that's made has to be keeping that at the forefront of the mind. I also think that people individually are more and more interested in having control and access of their data, right? That's true in healthcare. We're seeing it in every other industry that's out there. And I think as we continue to emerge and evolve, more people are going to want to have control of that. So I do think there's a world where there's a partner ecosystem where a lot of people are taking their data and using it in ways that they want to use it, right? Whether that's maybe Jeff's goals are for him to be able to make sure he's avoiding some sort of disease that may be prevalent in his family that he can take control of. Somebody else might want to just lower the insurance premium, right, by living a healthier lifestyle. So I think there's going to be a lot of ways that people are taking that data, owning that data, and trying to drive it forward. So that's going to require a lot of integration and a lot of security. Yeah. Just to add on to that, above and beyond the patient themselves, the security concerns exist certainly within the broader research community. UPMC Enterprises wants to, we want to enable our partners, the CMUs and the bits of the world. But in doing so and through the utilization of one clear sense, we have a means by which we can provide them a sandbox, a research and development environment in which they will understand that data. UPMC can rest assured that it will never leave the site of clear sense. Right? It remains in secure fashion. Yeah. All right, we'll get back to our show in just a minute. We're excited. We have a great webinar for you in May on May 4th at one o'clock Eastern time. It is part of our leadership series on modern data strategies in healthcare. In this webinar, we're going to explore data-driven approaches to healthcare and how they can improve patient outcomes, increase efficiency and reduce costs, which are also critical at this time in this juncture in healthcare. Our expert speakers will explore data governance, analytic strategies, anything that can help healthcare providers gain actionable insights from healthcare data. We would love to have you there and we're excited about it. You can register on our website, just hit the leadership series, Modern Data Strategies. It's gonna be in the top right-hand corner of our website, thisweekhealth.com. You can discover how we are going to use data to be more efficient, effective in the modern healthcare system. We'd love to have you join us. Again, hit the website thisweekhealth.com, top right-hand corner, sign up today. Hope to see you there. Now, back to the show. I mean, there's so many, when you start talking about research, it's building those cohorts, but making sure that this researcher only has access to these cohorts, making sure that what data needs to be anonymized is anonymized, if not all of it is anonymized to do that research. You also have the way, in case you do find something, to trace it back, right? So you have to be, make sure that if you make a discovery that you need to go and you need to go inform a patient or work with the provider, you can always go backwards too. So it's a really complex question because you have to kind of find your way on both sides of it. Keep the data safe and protected and obscure from the people that shouldn't see it. But if you find something, be able to go do something about it. I'm curious, because some people are going to be listening to this going, well, we have an EDW, we have a data lake, we have something on fill-in-the-blank cloud platform. How does this differ? I think when you look at the broader EDWs and the wealth of information that's held, even within UPMC, that data is ultimately normalized to fulfill the operational needs of the organization. We're trying to take one step beyond that and make it more viable across the myriad of use cases, not just the operations internal to that facility, right? So in the case of research, we want to be able to make these conversions over to the OMOT format, right? In serving a health plan, we want to make sure that our partner has the ability to provide primary source verification, support data aggregation and validation needs of health plans in the years to come. You're able to kind of tick the boxes of a myriad of these use cases, again, if we 
enter into a foundational normalization of that content and move to very specific standards. Taking all of this into account on the front end is going to allow us to serve a tremendous amount of opportunities on the back end for those use cases. So it's, and you just gave me a lot of stuff. We're coming up on the end of our time. I feel like I'm uh, <laughs> I just getting started. You know, when I, it's interesting because there are institutions like yours, payer provider, research, it's an incredibly powerful engine. Talk to me about the, the smaller health systems. Maybe not, I mean, the smaller health system used to be just a hospital here and there, but some of the smaller health systems now are four or five hospitals and serving a broad community. How does this fit into their model and their approach? Yeah, that's a great question. So. The, even the small organizations still typically have hundreds of systems and applications that have source data within them. So even organizations that are much smaller are still looking for ways to operationally improve and try to find better ways to be data-driven. And I think that's really where something like this can come in, where they're not the large organization that can just go build this on their own or build a data platform on their own or try to come up with their own suite of ways to govern their data. So being able to come in and be really prescriptive and get them onto a course where they can look at their information, they can find any sort of efficiency gain opportunities, they can cut back on some of the spend that they have of legacy systems, which is a, another big money saver for them to reduce the costs, and then be able to set their foundations so that they can do analytics in the future. That's really going to be important for organizations that are very large and very small. Yeah, there has to be a time to value. <laughs> Absolutely. Benefit. I can only imagine, in IT, one of the diseases we have is we feel like we can build everything. We like see something at the show and go, I can do that. Yeah. That's just an enterprise data warehouse. We'll just throw that together and do these things. It's a lot more specific. You guys have multiple layers that you've developed over the years and the interoperability fire and all those other things are built into it, as well as just the knowledge of working with organizations like UPMC and others. Absolutely. Yeah, having partnerships with UPMC has really helped accelerate us, but it's really been about finding organizations where they are. Like you said, there's a lot of levels of complexity, a lot of levels of maturity, so meeting where they are and having something that can grow with them over time. So some organizations are really mature and trying to do advanced things like UPMC and ready to run out of the gate. Other organizations are just starting to get their data together and organized, and either way we could really work with them to start where they are and work their way up so that ultimately in the future that data becomes something really of value. Fantastic. Kevin? Yes. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Jeff? Thank you. Wonderful. Right. Thank you. Wow, what a great discussion. I really want to thank Kevin Field and Jeff Jones for this conversation. Intelligent interoperability is the foundation for everything we need to be doing moving forward, and it was great to have that conversation with them. We want to thank ClearSense for their continued partnership with This Week Health, and we especially want to thank you, our listeners, for being a part of the show. If you know someone else that might benefit from this channel, please forward them a note. They can sign up at thisweekhealth.com or anywhere that podcasts are listened to. Apple, Google, you know where they are and they can find them there. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.